0: Unless you've read my book or you've listened to me on another podcast, you may not be familiar with my origin story. And I was texting a friend the other day and I told her that she shines when she's vulnerable. So I hope this is a chance for me to be vulnerable and also to be completely transparent with you. I procrastinated on recording my podcast, so I'm using some audio from an interview I did with Musicast, which is a podcast of F-flat books, in 2021. It was probably one of the first times I ever appeared. It was a time-change morning. Everyone else was in their comfies, and I thought that I was supposed to get dressed up. I've shared a lot with you on this podcast, but I probably have not shared exactly how I came to be talking about self-care and why it matters so much to me. Enjoy this a little bit longer, a little bit younger-sounding me, today on Happier Music Teacher. Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former Stressed Hot Mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. I'm a Christian. I'm a wife. I'm a mother, I'm a musician, I'm a teacher in that order, and my passion topic is self-care for the music educator.
1: Awesome, so you recently presented at TMEA, and can you start by just telling us what it's like to present at a conference of that magnitude?
0: Um, Scary is a good word. (laughs) Uh, The neat thing about this year um, is that since it was virtual, that was great for me for a learning curve. I think I would have been way more nervous if it had been live. So what we did for this format this year is um, about a 25 minute video. So I enlisted the help of my computer teacher and we got together after school, you know, where the library does announcements, green screen and you know, some lights and made the video. She edited it for me. Uh, I hired her cause that's not my gift and it, that was totally worth the money for me. And then there was a live Q and A after and I chose one of my good friends in the area um, who's a band director to be the moderator um, so that helps me a little bit, too. But, you know, it, it turned out great. I felt like I made some good connections. We got some good feedback. Um, and I'm really glad that I took, I stepped out of my comfort zone to submit it, because I think it's such an important topic for us right now as music educators.
1: Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you landed on why this topic was so important and what what led you to want to discuss this?
0: Sure. I am such an unlikely messenger for this Self-care, you know, I was very hard driving. If you knew me at undergrad, oh my goodness, you know. I had two speeds, which was 100% and off, and there was really not much in between. When I first started, so I taught privately for about 13 years in the Houston area, French horn lessons, which was great. Then it was time to return to the classroom. Um, Personally, professionally, my son was entering kindergarten. It was time also, time for a change. We had moved. He was going to kindergarten full-time I was starting full-time work as opposed to more part-time work lots of things changed all of a sudden and I also injured my foot that spring at my campus and I was devastated Um, I was on workers comp and every old prejudice I had about workers comp just surfaced you know um, I hurt myself legit but I was feeling guilty and weird and emailing my supervisors like please believe me you know, put me on light duty. I am so sorry. it was my first year teaching there in elementary. I didn't feel like they knew me well, and I was so anxious about it and at the same time, my son's behavior really cratered. you know there's you know you're a little guy, you're five, six years old, your mom's hurt, all the new things, and um, all those perfect in quotes things I had set up, just really went sideways and some of the things that I was building my identity on, like you know being really good music teacher having a really well-behaved son just cratered. So I had to figure out if I was gonna do this, I needed to find a sustainable way to be involved in music education. I also had kind of a similar experience. Um, At the beginning of my career, I taught at a private school outside of DC, fifth through eighth general music. Well, when you're teaching at an exclusive private school and they're paying that type of dollars, they're expecting that type of um, product. And it was stressful, and I didn't feel like I put good boundaries around it. I was just a hot stress mess. I know I was new to marriage i was um we were there. get this um during the sniper during September eleventh there was a blizzard. there was an f five um, tornado that went over the campus. Um, goodness, I probably was something else, so that was just a stressful time in general, and I figured out I had to figure a way to make teaching something that i could do long term and that was a big part of the calculus of me going to private lesson teaching because frankly i was scared about my work life balance being in the schools like that i didn't think it was good for me personally
2: so do you think that, that and i would i would say at least from our perspective um up here i think depending on what level you're teaching at i think that balance is something that gets called into question more easily for music teachers than it does other teachers, um, subject area teachers. Is that something that we put on ourselves or is that something that is kind of implied or assumed um, from the people who hire us based on the products that we put out?
0: Ooh, good question. You know, I think it's both. I think as musicians, we tend to be perfectionist types. I'm a hornist. That's definitely part of the horn role model that you have. Um, and then think about our graduate programs, our undergrad programs. It's really a double major, even if it's not. You're they're expecting you to be an excellent performer and an excellent educator. And it's so public. Your concerts are in front of a huge audience. I don't know classroom teachers that have to deal with that. And like I said, that's you know performing is part of it, but um, that is a unique pressure to us. You're not going to go there and hack it up. And then there's your self-imposed pressure with your colleagues and friends. Um, You're not going to put out a product that's less than everyone else. And when we gather together for good or for bad, sometimes it gets into a little bit of a comparison game. So I know sometimes I'll end up really down after my district elementary music teacher meetings. And it took me a while to figure out what's going on here. I love these people. Um, And I think it was really self-imposed. I'm comparing myself. And when you do that, it's really a losing game. There are teachers there who have the most supportive PTA ever and their programs look like it. You know, there are beautiful ORF trained teachers um, who don't have any kids and live close to their campus. It's not the same. And it's not, you know, trying to be like poor me or something, but it's not apples to apples. So I think it's important to just get our head on straight about that.
2: I remember, um, we obviously this year we haven't done it as much but when we would have full district meetings on professional development days we usually start with the entire district staff in the auditorium of high school and our superintendent's also very supportive of the arts and he always likes to start with some kind of music performing group and it would very consistently fall to marching man or jazz and I was kind of at a point where I was like I need one day that I'm not getting ready for something so We asked someone else and long story short, it fell through. So in like 24 hours, I got as much of a group together as I could, but I was missing a handful of people. And I had one of my colleagues come up to me after and go, they didn't sound uh, as good as they usually do or as strong as they usually do. And I had this moment where I thought, well, next time, let's take your like second period academic class up. We'll sit them on stage and they can just do geometry for the group. And they'll all perform at like a 99% (laughs) level. And it's just one of those. It is very interesting because it's so, it's stressful. And for whatever reason, oh, it's because we listen to music and it's like common in our uh, culture. We feel like it allows criticism Yes, at any level absolutely. Everybody's a judge on, on American
0: Idol, right? Um, well, also, um, I noticed that in a math class, if there's kids getting 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s, totally fine. If you're doing that in your performing group, it is going to sound bad. So just the margin for error there is small. And so that is just a unique part of the pressure of it. Like I said, when it is great, there is nothing like it, that feeling after a performance. I mean, I think it's just the highest highs and the lowest lows.
2: So with those things kind of like, if you stack all of those, and obviously we put the pressure on ourselves because of the highs and the lows, and then we get pressure put on us from other people because they all feel like they're critics. and you found yourself with a lot stacked against you while you were dealing with workman's comp and raising your son and moving into those districts, where, where's the turning point that you say, I have to start to pay more attention to self-care or how does it springboard into, I have your, I have your um, presentation stuff in front of me. So how does it springboard to turn into presenting about this at TMEA?
0: So I think research is me search. It was such a pain point for me that I figured that I could not be the only person who was having that same issue. And the silver lining of it, and like I said, um, that was actually a a low point in my life, but I don't think I'd trade it. It it really had some good things that came from it. And one of the things that came from it is that I'm replaceable. Um, When I was gone the next day after hurting my foot, there's a substitute there, a long-term substitute. Now, she wasn't me. I don't even think she was a trained music teacher. I think it probably was just a teacher in the room. But I think we all in some ways were so important and so valuable and so irreplaceable. And on the other hand, if I don't show up tomorrow for whatever reason, they're gonna have somebody else there. So I think it helps put things in perspective. And so what I've done is I've transitioned that into just some really easy, actionable steps that I think anybody can implement to make my work life and my personal life better. Yeah, Music teacher is one of my identities. It's a strong identity. I think we all wear that really close to us. But I think if you're just building your whole life on that, um, if it goes away, what are you going to do? So what do the first steps for teacher self-care then look like? So the first thing I would do is a self-assessment. And without, um, you know, pity or victimhood, just imagine almost if you're an outsider looking in um what you would if you wrote about yourself on paper are you married are you single that's different um, do you have one child that has a lot of needs do you have no kids do you have six kids that all affects the calculus do you have um i'm coming at this from someone who is middle-aged okay um do you have family nearby to support you or are they far away um is your campus like i said um a private school with helicopter parents who are very demanding? Are you on a Title I campus? Are you somewhere in between? I think that's a great starting point just to be realistic with where you are personally and how that might affect things professionally. Not that we're going to come and be less than a professional but just so that you know um, realistically almost like an outsider looking in what we're dealing with.
1: So, sorry, I was on mute. So I'm you're looking back. at this awesome, It it's like a worksheet that you sent me, right? From yes. the TMEA clinic that I'll be sure to put up on the site with your bio and all of that. Um, but it's actually so cool because you're encouraging people to, to write this down um, as they go. And I think that's, it, it's, it's, really neat because it's a form of journaling and I think sometimes when you're able to step out of yourself and, and then read it back to yourself, you're like, it's almost like talking to a friend, right? Because I feel like everyone can give their friends advice about, you know, whatever. But then when it's you, it's, it's really hard to reflect and see those, those things that you would easily say to someone else. Um, so after you kind of figure out who you are, it looks like the next step is, is an action plan. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about that. Do you find anything that's particularly
0: helpful for you personally? I think the first thing, so I called it my action plan map because, you know, educators and acronyms, right? (laughs) Everything we do in education has an acronym. Um, The first thing is realizing the difference between self-care and self-soothing. Okay, That's a concept from Michelle Rose that I kind of took and ran with. I think so much of the times... What we think of as self-care is actually just putting a Band-Aid on the real problem. So I'm on spring break right now, which is wonderful. Um, but if you're on, you wait until spring break, or you wait until Christmas break, or you wait until summer, or you wait until the weekend, and you try to cram in every indulgent form of self-care that you can, trying to fill the hole of all the abuse you gave yourself during the school year. Um, and I don't think that's really where we want to be. So the first thing is just acknowledging that, you know, I say in my my summary, bubble baths and candles are great. I'm a fan. That's good. Yes to that. But also daily, what are you doing that might not feel so luxurious, but it's more sustainable? Are you eating healthy? Are you sleeping? Are you maximizing your commute? Um, Are you drawing boundaries on your time and energy? Do you have friendships that support you?
2: And I think the flip side to that too is if you wait until summer you wait till spring break what you're doing without saying out loud is you're acknowledging that the other nine months of your life is just going to be like smashing your head against the wall and like earning the summer and there's an element to that i'm sure but being able to actually find a way to healthily deal with all of it on a one let's be honest
0: our summers aren't really our summers frequently um you know as an elementary music teacher you might be doing levels training Um, I know a lot of us will also um, work on camps or things during the summer. Uh, We have here in Texas, we have TBA and TCDA and TODA during the summer. So it's really, you say everything's going to happen during the summer, and those are weeks that fly by really quickly. So it's just not a sustainable life plan. You need to be looking at daily habits that lift you up. And luckily, it doesn't have to take, it's not a new part-time job. It's just things that you can put into the rhythm of your day.
2: I think to Marissa's point too, it's um, that's the benefit of writing it down and seeing what it looks like, because um, I, I would say if I was asked that I take different amounts of time during a day for like myself and I do these things and X, Y, and Z, but, and I never thought I was someone who so desperately looked towards the summer, but this year being what it was, I feel like the end of the year bled the end of the year was constant meetings of how we're doing what we're doing. And then it turned into a summer of meetings of how we're doing what we're doing. And then we got to August or September. And I remember texting back and forth with Marissa and our choir teacher. And I went, my God, like I didn't sit and do anything. I just like, I stood in this vacuum of like, what's teaching going to be like. And then I was more mentally exhausted than I've ever been. I hit like March mentality the second week of September
0: well, um, we were joking on my campus, it feels like we have had seven first days of school. I don't know about yeah. y'all, but we have had a, a way that the virtual students can um, change their learning model at each quarter, and so can the face-to-face. So what that entails is at least a handful of new students every quarter. So I'm doing all my procedures, all my rules again, um, and then someone else, you know, oh, where's so-and-so? Well, they went back to virtual. So you're just always playing whack-a-mole with it. Um, and during, you know, some of the things that refreshed us during the summer that you might normally do like some travel, well, who among us was traveling, you know, and did summer feel that much different than the school year when you're still at home in front of a screen a lot by yourself?
1: Yeah.
3: The summer. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Maggie. I love this quote that you have here. Ariana Huffington. We take better care of our smartphone than ourselves. We know when the battery is depleted and recharge it. And I think there's two things to that to be able to do that for ourselves, we have to be able to recognize when our battery is depleted and then we have to know what we can do to recharge it. Um, and I think those are two, two really important things, but we have to be able to like recognize when our battery is depleted. And I think that takes a lot of skill and practice to be able to check in with ourselves and to recognize that in our own body.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Maggie. I think, you know, With age, probably comes some of that wisdom too, hopefully, but not necessarily. Um, And sometimes you just have to know, if I notice that I'm reacting really emotionally to something that's not emotional, you know, if I'm kind of snippy for no good reason, that's always a check on me. Or if I'm hangry, I need to do something about it. Like I said, sometimes we're just complicated toddlers, and we just need to keep an eye on (laughs) that, you know, maybe you need a nap. Maybe you need a Snickers, I don't know. You need to just keep an eye and just notice your energy levels as you're going through. And I think it's a lot like car maintenance. Um, you know, you're going to pay now or you're going to pay later, but you're going to pay. So it's much better to invest in the regular maintenance activities, you know, like akin to an oil change, than wait until you just have a total breakdown and have to be in the shop for a few days. It's going to happen. And, you know, as music educators, Uh, We're not sitting at the desk during a quiet spelling test, right? We are up on the podium. We're in the front of the classroom. We are on. When I'm teaching a 50-minute general music class, I'm up and moving and talking the entire time all day. Um, That's a unique thing. That's a uniquely draining thing. I am a strong introvert. So I can tell one of my hacks is, um, so I have a sizable commute. Uh, it's a nice commute it's not traffic or anything i actually pass like some farm animals and things but um i'm just in silence on my commute in the morning i pray i plan my day i recharge and my ears don't feel full from all that constant noise that's an elementary music classroom and having an active 10 year old son um so that's been a helpful hack for me
1: i i was going to ask you about the commute actually because i have i, I drive about an hour to work um, same thing. It's a lovely drive. I pass some farms, whatever. Um, I hate the commute. I hate it. It just, it's two hours of my day that I'll yes. never get
0: back because I'm in yes, the car. Yes, yes. It drives me nuts. So here's, um, if I can, I hope I'm not interrupting. No, please. Um, there is a little bit of a mindset shift there. I'm a big Gretchen Rubin fan. fan. She does um, the happiness project. And she also has a podcast and she says, if you can't get out of it, get into it. So my recommendation for myself and other people who have a commute is if that's where you are right now and it doesn't seem like it's changing, then if you can't get out of it, get into it. When I get in my car after school, it's like a little spa. I've got hand lotion in my bag, I hand lotion myself up because I've been sanitizing all day, right? I take off my mask because it's the first time all day I feel like I can comfortably do that. I have a LaCroix that feels pretty guilt-free. I have some pre-portioned nuts to snack on. I treat myself to a personal growth podcast, a music ed podcast. I might hands free call my mom or my brother or a friend. So I really try to use that time very intentionally. And as I said, in the morning, um, I'm not a very woo woo person, but I will actually visualize through my day and see myself. You know, here's me with my fifth graders, it's going well. Ha ha. <laughs> um, I'm visualizing step by step. And thinking through anything that I need, any action steps when I get to school, I, you know, I'm a band person, so I'm breathing for five o'clock minutes. I'm not trying to give you ps, you know, PTSD about that, but you're just, it's soothing for me, and I can feel my chest actually physically relax. And then when I show up at school, I'm in a better headspace to deal with it because as soon as I get there, I'm on cafeteria duty, and there's about fifty or sixty kids that I'm trying to help get through the cafeteria line. So it just helps me get a better head frame for the day.
2: I know that it's a little bit of a grass is greener thing, but when I when I first started where I was working, I was driving maybe 35, 40 minutes. And then uh, now that I've gotten married and we move closer because we both work in district, my commute is like 15 minutes. And I weirdly, um, I could, I mean, I could see it both ways, but in some ways I miss my commute. Because I got to a point when I was starting, my very first job, as much as I hate to admit it to Marissa, was I taught middle school and elementary school strings. Yes. And I love elementary school beginning instruments. I love like the excitement that they have when they first get to play a song or they have that discovery. But I got to a point where I got in the car and I was so tired of hearing music that I would turn the radio on or I would turn a CD on and I would turn it off because it drove me nuts to listen to music. And that's when I discovered podcasts. And I got obsessed with it because I like, whether it be entertainment stuff, news, business, uh, music ed, books, anything, I would just listen to so much. And now that I don't have that anymore, as much as the positive flip side is, you know, my wife's a coach at the high school. So there's times where we're like an hour at home together and then she leaves or I leave for rehearsal. I can get there and be there in that hour. And that's awesome. But if she's not home or something's happening, I only have 15 minutes before, I'm at home and I have to either be like doing the wash or checking the mail or paying bills or doing these things. So I'm like, I lose my Zen time in the car. In
0: that case, I recommend, um, and it seems a little counterintuitive, adding a commute. So not necessarily driving more in your car, that's not the idea. But um, if you do live near campus and you feel like, okay, I am not really quite ready to be the person who's at home yet. Uh, If it's possible, you know, depending on your um, stage of life, Take a 15-minute walk around your block, and then you've kind of built in that time. You've done something good for yourself. The laundry isn't going anywhere. The dishes aren't going anywhere. Meal prep will still be there when you get there. And I just feel like it helps transition you a little bit better from your work life to your home
2: life. We used to, the dog and I used to go for a walk, but now what the dog has realized is if my wife's not there with her, if she just plants her four feet and stands there in the middle of the street... (sighs) I can only like try and get her to come for so long before I just have to walk back and then I go for a walk by myself. But I love your dog. We try every day, and she actively, if she can't find my wife, she goes, I don't want to go. I don't care.
0: (laughs) I like it. Nothing like playing favorites, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm very
1: curious um, as we say all of this, when I, now, again, personal experience, when I was down in Texas, the whole system seemed so so competition based and we were working um i got into my office at 6 15 i was leaving at 9 p.m because that was the expectation we were in on saturdays of course uil dictates nothing on sundays but like we were in on saturdays how is this advice received by a contingency that seems to be so
0: competition driven you are right. And when we first moved to Texas, I mean, it was eye opening. And the programs are excellent. I mean, wow. Yeah,
2: fantastic.
0: Um, but there's a cost, right? So I'll be honest probably the people who are going to come to a self care for the music educator are not the most, there may not be a 5A headband director. Okay. okay. They may be the ones who need it the most, but they're not necessarily the ones who are coming to it the most. I think with that, um, you have more control than you think. So for example, the thing that makes me crazy, so like I said, we taught lessons for 13 years, we have a lot of good friendships, and there, some of that we were in band halls and things with the, um, the students. My um, husband did the same thing too. I would see band directors at 8.30 at night, moving their chairs around and setting up their band hall. Do you not think there's a student who would be dying to do that for you, and you could delegate that? Um, Or, you know, they're eating like old Chick-fil-A, which seems questionable at best, (laughs) you know. Um, Is there not a better option that maybe if you take a little time on the weekend, you can grab some baby carrots and hummus just as easy, cheaper, and you're not going to feel so much like trash? Is there a parent that you can delegate to to fold your programs so you're not doing it yourself? Um, You know, Thinking things like that, I think, is really valuable. And then seeing where you can, I don't want to say the word cut corners, but be creative so you're not feeling so much stress and pain there. And like I said, sometimes I notice, like with private lessons, the faculty would have to be up at the school, but not necessarily working at that time. They just needed someone to supervise an adult there, but not necessarily doing the work. So during that time, could you read a book for a few minutes? You know, um, if you already have the system set in place for your sectionals and things, just being creative and thinking out of the box, do I really need to reinvent the wheel every time? Or is it possible to recycle this piece that we did for UIL a few years ago that is still educationally sound? These kids haven't had it and it won't matter if I'm using that one again.
2: I think as I look at, and I'm, I'm assuming we'll put uh, this, this TMEA information and stuff up. So people who are listening, if they want, can go to the website and check it out. But as I scroll through it and I look, and you, you point out, cause I, I can relate to the high school band aspect of it. Um, it strikes me that when I look through almost none of this has to do with how to make your job better for self-care. And it has to do with not making your job. The only thing that you're doing, um, like all of these sub, these sub elements are just other parts of your life that you're trying to manage and acknowledge that they exist. And um, at least up here in PA, I think the thing that's always, it's kind of said as a joke, but I think it it's said as a joke. And then it turns into like a weird, like, badge of you dealt with it is they call the high school band positions like uh the single person's job. Yes. And and that the fact that that's like a common thing said about it is a problem. And I thought this also when we did uh Thaw a couple weeks ago with Sarah and that flat books. It struck me as every single thing being talked about today is so useful and so great. And this this um presentation here that you have for us that we're looking at that you did at TMA is excellent and it has nothing to do with the immediate like how I teach my kids in the classroom and that strikes me as why people would maybe overlook it but how necessary it is like this is the second presentation I've seen in the month that talks about how to make mealtime or dinner not a stressor on your life um and that's huge I think I think we just like we become beholden to our jobs
0: it, you know, and it's, it's so easy to do. You, um, you know, even the most well-intentioned administrator is not going to tell you to do less. And even, uh, you know, a wonderful spouse, which I do, I have the best, um, isn't probably going to tell you where to draw your boundaries. That's an inside job. Uh, So it's important that we're looking at that. Um, My moderator for TMEA, Amy, um, mentioned some of the things during the school day that you can do. So she launched the question, what do you do during the school day for self-care? So I think you'd also don't have to wait between, you know, when you get in your car or you go home in your car. Uh, She mentioned she goes up to the front office and she's friendly with those ladies. And that is just a little respite in the middle of her day um, to talk to a friendly adult and have a good conversation. Uh, I have five minutes between my classes, which is a gift, you know, for passing periods and things. Um, that is a great time just to take a little stretch, you know, do the music teacher luxury of actually going to the bathroom between the classes, um, things like that, where it's not going to hurt anything professionally, and it makes you feel like a human being, you know. Um, I'm doing whole thirty right now, I'm so I'm hungry, <laughs> but um, they say that your desk is not a table. Well, oh my goodness, how many times have I been at my desk looking at the same email while I eat my sad salad? Instead, um, what I've done lately, speaking of podcasts, is I just move to another area of the room, I eat my real lunch, I listen to something soothing. And then I get ready to go because I don't do that. I have kindergarten and first grade in the afternoon and they can be a joy, but they can also suck the ever living life out of you. So if my mind is not right or I'm hungry, I really feel like I'm not setting myself up for success.
1: This is like the dumbest thing, but on Friday here, we're in Pennsylvania. So it's been cold. And on Friday it was in the mid sixties, which is a treat for March. And I went outside to eat lunch take my mask off, breathe some fresh air. It was like I took a full week's vacation in those 20 minutes. It was just so nice to be away from the computer, put the phone down, have a chat with another adult, eat my lunch and not worry about anything else for those 20 minutes because normally during my lunch I'm doing, you know, just that. I'm answering emails or, um, you know, Kevin's right across the way from me so we'll sit there with our lunches and plan for what's coming up. It also looks like Yep. He's gone. Okay. Um, he froze. (laughs) Um, it was, it was amazing. The difference just to get some fresh air, get some sunshine and take an actual 20 minute break in my day. It was, it was crazy.
0: That is such a good hack. I'm going to steal that. Um, like I said, things like that. I think if you think about the trade-off, Are you really gonna get that far ahead in your planning or your email when you're halfway eating, halfway at your screen, halfway talking to someone as taking a true legitimate break? You know, um, maybe if I have like a bar for lunch or something, I can take a walk around the track. We have a little track by my school. Um, That seems rejuvenating. You know, um, The other thing I'm talking about is energy vampires. And sometimes I am that energy vampire. But um, we all have those people on our campus um, where they're really major in gossip. Yeah, where they really major in negativity, and um, you just come to them, and the first thing you feel is you just, like, boom, you just hit this wall of negative. Yeah, and you say, oh, I have kindergarten. Oh gosh, not kindergarten. Um, and you mentioned something, and you could, you just, you, you, two seconds in, you're like, why do I feel worse right now? Yeah. Um, so with the energy vampires, I am really pretty proactive to the point where it's kind of laughable. Like if they start to um, gossip, I'm like really exaggeratedly walk away, like, oh, sorry, bye, <laughs> you know, or I'm, I'll ch- you know, I'll be like ridiculously change the subject. I'm like, oh, how about the Super Bowl? Yeah, what, what, what's up for this weekend? Because I just think our time and our energy is so precious Yeah. Um, that we don't have time for all that. And like I said, this does not mean I'm this perfect. I have totally been the energy vampire for other people before. Yeah. And there's a real need to vent, okay? But you need to catch yourself because, like I said, I never feel better after a gossip session or a gripe session. I usually actually feel more depleted. So maybe think about things that fill you up. And, you know, like I said, um, you're on the clock. Is gossiping and complaining really the most professional way to spend your time? I'm going to say no.
1: Yeah. I mean, I never go. I don't know what you do, Maggie. I never go to the lunchroom for that reason. I would, when I was, like, new to the career, I would go to the lunchroom just to, like, try and meet people and see who my colleagues were. I realized so quickly I left lunch, like feeling horrible about myself because that's what they, they would all just sit around and gossip. So I don't, Maggie, what do you do? We used to eat. I used to eat in the teacher's room just because I feel like it was a nice way to
3: make a connection with, with the other teachers. Um, This year we just eat with our team, like the other specialists and it's been like, lunch has been sacred this year. It's like, whatever I need to do can wait until I'm done eating. Um, like we're teaching in a pandemic, just sit down and eat your lunch and take a breath. Um, and I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's a time where we vent, but it also feels like it's a it's a productive vent for us. Like, oh, you're feeling that way too. Good. I'm glad that I'm not alone in that. And then we kind of bounce ideas off of each other about what we can do to help that student or fix that problem that we're having.
0: Um, and so it feels like a productive, uh, a productive event, I guess. Well, you're being solution oriented is what it sounds right, like to right. me, because, you know, like I said, sometimes it helps you feel like you're not crazy. Like, oh, I'm having trouble with missing so-and-so's class. Am I the only one? No, gosh, exactly, yeah. no. They all come in here off the chain every week. You're fine. Um, and then, like I said, y'all take that extra step to be solution oriented, where you're trying to really figure out what can we do that's better. I think that's way different than a yeah. non-productive vent session. And like I said, I think, you know, when you check your spirit, what the difference is. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That sounds like a win to me.
1: So we're coming up. Um, we try and keep things around a half an hour and we're hitting that mark. So do you have any like big takeaways or last advice that you'd leave us with?
0: Yes. Um, if you only do one thing for yourself, I recommend sleep. And I know everyone's like, Oh, you're funny. I don't I, I don't have time to sleep. I don't have da da da. I think that is the one thing. Um, you know, our voices get tired as elementary music teachers. Uh it helps your voice. I'm an instrumentalist, but I, I think it helps your voice. Um, it helps your mood it helps your health. I've even heard things that it helps with your weight. So heaven, sign me up. Um, I think if there is one magic pill, and like I said, that's another one where I think a lot of us feel like, oh, I'll make up on the weekend. So then you sleep on the weekend, you get off schedule, and then Monday hits a little bit harder than it should. Um, Your iPhone has a um, bedtime feature. Mine will even go, dun, 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 when it's time for me to start winding down for bed, which frankly, I'm preaching this right now. I could stand to do better. Hopefully I'll do a reset over break. But I think if you just do one thing for yourself, um, an earlier bedtime, and um, conversely, like I said, I'm a mom and a wife. I get up earlier than my family. Mm -hmm. And I get up pretty intentionally early just to get some quiet time, some focused time. In the past, I was that teacher, I would be, you know, flying out the door with wet hair, cramming something in my mouth for breakfast and, you know, driving on two wheels, hoping I'd be school on time that did not make me feel just really like I could take on the day. So having that extra time in the morning, even though it might feel a little bit backwards has actually helped me out a lot. That's awesome. So um,
1: of course we will link everything up to the F flat site when um, everything goes live with your bio and um, all of the materials you sent us YouTube link, which is awesome. Um, But if people want to get a hold of you, where can they find you?
0: Sure. I just started a new Facebook group. It's called self care for the music. Ed- Pardon me. Can you strike that place? That sounded bad. Sure. Okay. I just started a new Facebook group. It's called self care for the music educator. I'd love to have you all join us. Um, you can also DM me on Facebook, Beth Duhan.
1: Awesome. Um, and yeah, like I said, we'll put everything up, but I think this is such a wonderful thing to keep in mind. And of course, um, about a month ago, probably by the time this, this episode goes up, um, was thaw. So if you're looking for more on teacher self care, you can also visit the F flat site and you can buy the thaw sessions in a downloadable pack. So a lot of what Beth is touching on in this episode about things like sleep and food and taking care of yourself throughout the day. Um, people did sessions on like an hour session on just food and health and someone else did another session on journaling and routines and, um, and it's all based outside of your classroom and taking care of yourself outside of the classroom. And like Kevin said, I think that's one of the most powerful things that we're learning about self-care. It, it happens when we're not with our students. So thank you so much for joining us, especially because it's daylight savings weekend. You're an hour behind us. So you got up early for this one, but we really, really appreciate it. And I love this conversation. I think this is so important.
0: I agree. And thank you all so much for having me. It's very nice to meet you. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.